Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Kevin Ingram. He will talk Vanderbilt basketball with us mostly and also a little facilities talk. The guest line is presented by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, call Taylor or Russell at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Now on to our interview with Kevin Ingram. Kevin Ingram joins me today. He's part of the Vanderbilt Broadcast crew. Kevin, thanks for joining us at a really busy time for you. <laughs> yeah, it's that uh, crossover season between football and basketball. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what sport I'm doing today. If it's Wednesday, it's basketball. So, uh, looking forward to the game tonight. You know, I heard they're having an extra fall baseball scrimmage just to keep it busy. <laughs> they just planned that now that they're hearing this. So, yeah, you know, they uh, we, we had a couple of those not too long ago, too. So, yeah, we were doing, I was actually doing about four sports at once. A few weeks back, is doing some soccer and doing some baseball. So yeah, it's it's been a fun time. Well, first thing, let, let's go off field. You saw the facility stuff. Maybe you have seen stuff that I haven't seen. What's your impression on what was released last week, and and maybe whatever else you know about that you maybe can or can't comment on? Uh, well, it, it all looks great. Uh, I, I saw the renderings, kind of the same as everybody else did. Um, it, you know, the facilities that'll go in in both the North and South end zones of the football stadium, the new, uh, football building, uh, indoor facility that will be where the current practice field is. Uh, I know there are some, some more plans in the works, but it, it was neat to see all that the other day. It's one of those things you wish you could just sort of snap your fingers and it would all be done because it's going to be a long-term construction project and the whole place is, I mean, you know how it is and no matter where you are, when you do a construction project, it's a big mess for a while and it's, it's a bit of an inconvenience for folks, but uh, once it's all done, it'll be fantastic. I thought it really looked nice and will be kind of cool to see sort of multi-purpose uh, facilities because on one side you'll have a football facility, but then it'll also serve as uh, you know a premium seating and so forth for for football inside the stadium. And same thing for the basketball facility that will go on the north end of the stadium. And they're going to cram a lot of stuff into a, a small amount of space uh, both on both ends of the stadium. Uh, especially you think about that spot where the video board is uh, and behind the, the premium seating area in that north end zone and where the parking garage is and the Palmer house and all of that. I mean, that's not a very big area. So you're going to be uh, putting a lot of stuff in a, in a small amount of land, but that's sort of been the case uh, for Vanderbilt's athletic facilities over the years. There, there's not a lot of room and I've uh, kind of used every inch of available space and we'll do so here. Yeah, that is kind of the story. I have heard that that facility and what I get mixed up on ends, the, the open end zone for basketball yeah, yeah. is uh-huh. going to be bigger than it looks on on the rendering if, if if that's a good way to put it i don't know or not but the, <laughs> the second thing and it's funny i just did a podcast with ken seals this one's going to air first but he said something almost the way that i said it friday when we did a reaction podcast to this kevin it was almost i don't know if the word was disorienting or, or what it is but like you look at it like we have seen that space for God knows how many years now. You and I have been to yeah. <laughs> hundreds of games between us on that field, and we're used to looking a certain way. I mean, one year the, the walls might be black and whatever, you know, but n- nothing much has changed. To see that space in the rendering and how much it changed was almost 
too much to process at first <laughs> glance. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had to look at it a couple times to figure out which end of the stadium I was looking at because the, you know they both are going to look different when it's all done. But yes, I, I was the same way. Like they showed the one shot from sort of the east side of the stadium looking uh, on the side where the visitor's sideline is. And I had to look at that one a couple of times. Like, OK, what am I looking at here and what's on the other side and all of that? But you're right. It was a little, you know, you kind of had to to focus and figure out where you were to get oriented to where to how it's all, it's all going to look when it's finished. I think the hardest part to bite off, I, I guess they're closing Jess Neely now for good, right? I mean, will that even be a street at all? I, I, I can't imagine it would be because I don't yeah. know where you would put the street unless you figured out some sort of tunnel that goes underneath uh, you know, where the new facility is going to be. And I, I wonder, too, down the road what might happen with, with Hawkins Field, you know, especially if you close off that street. Now, I don't know if you're going to still have access I kind of think there's going to be some access to the parking lot there next to McGugan. I'm not sure how all that's going to work, but could there be some sort of uh, seating or something new on that that first base side at Hawkins Field that would go along with all of that down the road? That's something I wonder and would be uh, neat to consider. I've I've had, I mean, conversations that don't mean anything, just talking to people around the ballpark, sitting around waiting for watching BP or something. It's like, you know, that would look cool to have some suites or something on on the first base side or hanging off of – Vanderbilt Stadium over on the third base side. And I, I got to think down the road, probably there, there's going to be something new there, too. Uh, that That's based on nothing. That's totally my guess, but uh, it's neat to think about. Yeah, that's a good point. That does open up some real estate if they ever wanted to put on. And I'm not saying this is going to happen, that, you know, a deck or something on the first base side. Now you have that street space to work with. But I didn't think of this till just now. I wonder if that all the constructions, because McGugan's going to be a lot bigger You'll have that end zone building on that side. I wonder if that's going to flick, affect airflow at all to Hawkins Field. Because I think when they put that engineering building way beyond right field, I, mm-hmm. I think – now, Tim Corbin will not tell his secrets. But <laughs> I talked to him one time, but it seemed to indicate that maybe that that changed some of the wind dynamics in that park. I mean, you saw that with TD Ameritrade too, didn't you? I mean, you, you could put up buildings around ballparks – in certain directions, and it changes the way a park plays. It had never occurred to me to we're having this conversation. I do wonder if any of that changes anything with with Hawkins Field being a, a more home run or less home run friendly park just by doing nothing but putting those buildings that are going to be there. There. That, that's really interesting. I, I hadn't thought of that either. But you know, you think about it, where that football building will be located, it'll be directly behind home plate. Now, does that restrict the airflow flowing out? Uh, if you have a, a wind coming from that direction, I, I'm, I don't know that I'm smart enough to figure out that sort of thing, but sometimes you can look at ballparks and you can see definite places where the ball jumps. Uh, I mean, people know I'm a huge Reds fan and, you know, when they built great American ballpark, there is a gap on the third base side and there's a gap in the stands in like the, the middle deck and the upper deck. And it was built intentionally that way. And the ball really jumps out of there to right center field where the little smokestack area is. I mean, you, it's, it's pretty easy to notice that and uh I, I think those things are really interesting though and I, I wonder down the road if, if that might affect Hawkins Field and how you know how the ball travels in some way uh you, you never know let's talk hoops what's your takeaway this team after two games we are doing this Wednesday afternoon Vanderbilt will tip off with VCU a few hours from now but first two games only what have you learned about this team Kevin um, I, I've really been impressed so far. They play pretty good defense uh, through the first couple games. They forced a bunch of turnovers and, and turned those into points, uh, especially in the opener against Alabama State. I think they uh, in the 20s in both points, off turnovers and in turnovers forced. Uh, against Texas State, uh, you know, there are a couple of droughts in that game in terms of scoring field goals. 
in both the first half. I think there's about a seven and a half minute drought and then another one in the second half. But I, I like the way Vanderbilt responded against Texas State on Sunday night. Uh, Vanderbilt came right out of the locker room to start the second half, went on a run and sort of took control of the game. But then Texas State called back into the game, uh, 16, cut that 16-point lead down to four, and Vanderbilt did a great job of responding after that. And Scotty Pippen kind of took over the game. Uh, he ended up with 30 points, made some big shots, got some big uh, you know, back tip and got the payoff with a layup or, or whatever it might have been. Uh, just been... You know, defensively, I think there's a lot to be excited about. I'd like to see them secure rebounds a little bit better. They gave up a few more offensive rebounds than I think Jerry Stackhouse would like, uh, certainly in that game on Sunday night. But it's been interesting to watch the defense as well. We've seen them really mix it up, give them some zone looks, a lot of traps, some 1-3-1, one, one, a little bit of everything. So we'll see how that continues. But, yeah, we've got a little taste of uh, some of the new guys. Of course, uh, a couple players are on the shelf for a little bit in Robbins and, and Chapman. Uh, hopefully those guys can be back sooner rather than later. But all in all, I think it's a good start. And certainly some guys that look very different in terms of Jordan Wright and Miles Studi. The work they put in in the offseason – and uh, the diet and exercise changes that those two guys have made is very evident so far. It's funny. I have five more questions written down, and you just touched on four of them right there. So I'll just start <laughs> in order I had them. Scotty Pippen just took that game over against Texas State down the stretch. I believe he got 15 points in roughly the last seven and a half minutes. I don't even know if he was in the last minute or two. I don't remember now. But it's just like that kid, when he just wants to take a game over – he seems to be able to do it, and he just makes it look easy to get points. I mean, it, it, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a guy at Vanderbilt other than maybe Darius Garland who just and, – and I guess we should pump the brakes on this, right, until they're playing Kentucky. But it just seems like the way he can just go get a bucket when he wants it is amazing. And we saw that last year out of Scotty, Scotty Pippen Jr. Uh, his shooting is, is even better. Um, he's – always been good at getting into the pain and drawing fouls and just kind of contorting his body to get around people and, and hopefully get the whistle. Um, he has really good footwork. You know, if, if, if you kind of get him in a situation where he's sort of posted in there, man, he's got really nice footwork. You know, you usually see that out of big guys, not out of six, two guards to get in there and do that sort of stuff. Just been so impressed with this game. And, you know, we've talked, we were talking to him after the game uh, on Sunday and he said, yeah, early in the game, you know, I like to try to get people involved, you know, and pass me, you know, maybe a little more pass first. And as the game goes along, you know, and if I feel like that it's, it's sort of my time to, to get rolling and scoring, then that's what I do. And uh, we've seen him play off the ball some. I think that's uh, what they're really hoping to do more of this season. But, boy, he's really, over the last couple of years, he's improved so much and uh, become just a really good all-round player on both ends of the court. And you, like you said, he I think he scored 24 of his 30 in the second half of that game on Sunday night, and he was just super impressive. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. 
His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. The most improved guy on this team, I I think, is probably Jordan Wright. He just looks like a different guy. I mean, you got the soaring dunks as part of his game now. That's kind of a new thing. What are you seeing from him? What's he done to make his game so much better? I think for one thing, and and I've talked to him about this, he said he changed his diet completely in the offseason, that he uh, went to a diet to where he was only having basically one carb-heavy food per day, and I was joking with him, like, for a Louisiana guy, that's got to be a tough thing. He's like, yeah, man, I like rice and bread and, you know, all, all that stuff. And uh, I think, you know, we all do, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, he just he lost some weight, reshaped his body. He came back in great shape. It just looks lighter on his feet. I mean, you think about some of these plays we've seen where he's gotten the ball in the wing. He's seen an opening, a slash right to the hole and slam it. Uh, we, we've seen that happen a couple times. Uh, I, I've always thought that guy was just a good player from the time he got here. I thought his freshman year from start to finish, he really showed a lot of improvement and same thing last year, but th- this year he looks like uh, a different player. And, uh, you know, a, now a veteran player that this team should be able to really depend on as the, the season goes along. I don't know that Miles Studi looks like a totally different player because outside shooting is part of his game, but certainly the mm-hmm. physical aspect he's built up, spent time in the weight room. What do you think they can get from him this year? Well, I, to me, he's one of the real X factors on this team, Chris. I, I think if you could get 10 to 12 points a game out of him, I, he's not going to hit four three-pointers every game. You hope he could, but I, I don't know that he will. But that, that's been the case the first two games. He's come out and shot the ball great. I think he's one of those guys, if he can see one go in early, it really helps his confidence to get going. Talked to him about that the other day, too. And um, I, I think he's he's like Jordan Wright. He's done some work on his body in the offseason. I, I think a lot of it for him last year – is uh, I, I think he spent a lot of the year sort of battling illness and just wasn't at 100% physically throughout the season. I think this year it just seems like he's a he's a lot healthier and feels better, and uh, I think he's pretty excited to sort of have a clean slate and, and get the season going again, but really off to a nice start through the first two games. When do you think they get Rodney Chapman and Liam Robbins back? Well, that's a really interesting question. Liam Robbins, you know, I, I don't, I don't even really know what to guess on him. They were hoping to have him back pretty soon, and the, he was back doing some work in practice. Then he had a setback with his foot, and you've uh, you've seen him in a walking boot uh, in, over the last week or two. And um, I, I don't really know what the outlook is as far as when they might be able to have him back. He's a guy who could really help uh, in terms of a big post player. You can throw the ball in there and get a bucket or be a you know, rim defender on the other end. Uh, as far as Chapman, I, I think uh, Rodney might be back uh, within a few weeks here. I've seen him doing some running. Uh, I know he, he hurt his knee in a scrimmage a couple weeks ago, and I think they're hoping to have him back here within a few weeks. So might see Chapman before we see uh, Liam Robbins. Love to see both of them because I, I get the feeling both those guys might have been starters if they had been healthy to begin the season. Yeah, I've sized him up as probably two of their best four players based on history. Robbins certainly he has got to be in that group. I mean, he led – Excuse me, he led the Big Ten in blocks. And to me, this is a thing where this is, and I think I've said this before, this seems like a, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Because what yeah. I mean is, this opens up the door for other guys to play. And if they can get those guys back, 
in decent shape by conference play. Then you've given some other kids some playing time. But those two guys have played plenty of basketball. I think no, if they start dropping games, they shouldn't drop. This is another conversation. But if right. they don't uh, and they get those guys healthy, I think long-term this helps them. Yeah, I think so, too. And you've heard Jerry Stackhouse say some of that, too. It's like, okay, this is opportunities for other people to play. Uh, as far as inside, uh, we've seen some really nice passing out of Quentin Melora Brown. I, I've really been impressed with, with him uh, you know, kicking the ball out or making the right delivery to somebody to get an open look outside. Uh, in that opening game, we saw Jermaine Mann just look like a man among boys. He had a double-double and you know, using that big body to get in there and get rebounds and you know, score. He had 15 and 10 in that game against Alabama State. So you know, he's another experienced guy. I mean, he's played college basketball, and he looks like it. Uh, you played at Gardner-Webb before transferring here, and you know, just looks like a guy who knows how to play the game. So both those guys have uh, shown some good stuff inside. Uh, you can look at some of the young guards too, Peyton Daniel, Shane Dezoni, who's seen a pretty extensive playing time out of those guys. Uh, looking forward to seeing this season for Tyron Lawrence too. We only saw him for a handful of games last year before he went out with a knee injury and uh, you know, looking forward to seeing a healthy season for, for Tyron. So it is opportunities for other people to uh, step up and do things, but you love to have that veteran presence uh, of, of guys like Chapman and, and uh, Liam who've, who've been there and been through those battles and Chapman played on some good teams at Dayton and Robin, same thing at Minnesota, where, as you mentioned, uh, he was a really good player in the Big Ten. You mentioned Shane Dezoni. To me, he is a little bit of a wild card. I mean, obviously he is talented. I would say looks to me like the best raw athlete on the team, perhaps. But I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just being a freshman, getting used to the speed of the game, whatever. I don't know if raw is the word, but it's something along those lines. But, Kevin, you and I have watched enough SEC basketball where you see a guy like that who plays – you know, a couple of months and all of a sudden, bang, it just clicks. And he's yeah. a kid that I think the raw ability is there to, to maybe be a real factor for them in February and March. I don't know if it happens or not, but I'm intrigued when I watch him play. Yeah, same here. I, I kind of feel that way about uh, a lot of the, the young players, the first-year guys, uh, you know, Dezoni and, and Peyton Daniels, too. Uh, you, you see him make some freshman mistakes. I was thinking about that game against Alabama State. Peyton Daniels comes out and – First time up the floor, he like dribbles into a trap and turns it over. And you're thinking, okay, welcome, welcome to college basketball. Uh, for Dizona, you're right, man. The raw ability is there. There's no question. And yeah, we'll, we'll probably see those guys progress, and, and you hope they'll they'll grow and you know feel where they fit in as far as you know playing in the in the concepts of this team. And uh, by the time SEC plays rolls around, you can you can count on those guys to be factors. But and they're going to need them to be, you know, especially if uh, you know the the injury situation continues and uh, you know you, you need more playing time out of those reserve guards. But yeah, I, I think I, I got to feel like both those guys are going to get quite a bit of playing time, even if there aren't injuries. Uh, you feel like they're going to get uh, on the court quite a bit. Kevin, I'm out of questions. I want to give you the floor as we end the podcast to maybe discuss anything we didn't get to and also to talk about the broadcast this week and what's on tap as you guys go to, to Ole Miss. And, of course, anything you're doing for basketball. There's yep. a game again tonight. This It may have been played by the time people hear it. But just <laughs> want, to, want to give you the canvas to, to take it where you need. Yeah, we're uh, pretty busy here. Uh, I'm doing the basketball game against VCU tonight. I'm also doing basketball against Winthrop on Saturday. I'm not going on the football trip. Uh, we, we decided to sort of split things up, and so um, I will not be going on the football trip to Ole Miss, which is unfortunate. I love going down there to Oxford to to uh, see any sort of uh, game, whether it's football. Went there for baseball. I've not been there for basketball. Be doing that this winter, but yeah, uh, we'll have basketball on Saturday night. I'll be on that, and then Andrew and the crew will be uh, down in Oxford. Kickoff there is 6:30. 
Um, and uh, pregame will start at 5 o'clock. And then next week, uh, in advance of Thanksgiving, I'll be uh, making the trip up to the Steel City. Tim and I will be in Pittsburgh uh, for the game on Wednesday night. This is going to be a late start, 8 o'clock Central time. So uh, we'll uh, head on up there with the team and uh, see how Vanderbilt plays against Pitt. And uh, then back home, it's a really pretty challenging non-conference schedule for this group. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, kind of getting rolling here. Four straight home games and then a trip to Pittsburgh next week and then a couple days off for Thanksgiving. And football will be at Tennessee. And it's crossover season, as we talked about off the top. And you just try to uh, figure out where you need to be on on any given day. We'll also have our podcast, which will uh, come out later in the week, uh, either tomorrow or Friday for the Anchor podcast. I interviewed Sydney Campbell today. And uh, she is one of the new Athletic Hall of Famers, as announced back on Saturday. And uh, she is one of the all-time great athletes at Vanderbilt, was a three-time All-American, won a national championship with that women's tennis team, and uh, just a really interesting person, uh, played his CPA, and is from this area. So uh, be looking for that as well on the Anchor Podcast. The uh, Winthrop game will be interesting. Uh, they're 2-1 and one with the loss to Middle recently, but that team last year, 23-2, and two, and I know it's the Big no. South, but anytime you see a two to the right of the dash, that's a little, yeah. little um, not intimidating, but it, it gives you pause to think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, that's there. There are a lot of good programs like that. Uh, Winthrop, and you know, you look around some of those conferences, Big South and Southern Conference. I mean, there, there seems like there are a handful of teams that have have taken steps forward over the last few years, and they've been a good program. So I think that'll be a nice test for Vanderbilt, but. Uh, Middle was able to get him a, a couple nights ago, and we'll see how the Commodores do on Saturday. Kevin, thanks for joining us. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Anytime, Chris, and uh, congrats on that World Series uh, for the oh. Braves. I ordered my wife some um, some swag, some championship swag. She is a, a lifelong Braves fan, too, so I've, I've been waiting for some of that stuff to, to arrive here. Um, I, I got a T-shirt, but we're still waiting on another piece or two. So, yeah, that's, it's been fun to, to check all that out and see everybody enjoy that World Series title. I'm sure you'll get it just in time for the All-Star break next year, the way things <laughs> are going exactly these days. Right. Yeah, it's supposed to be on its way. <laughs> right. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Kevin. Anytime, Chris. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.